The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Coast to Coast with Pharrell, Carver High, Mafia, Joe Ranieri running it from South FLA. Hope you're feeling all right. Uh, we've had a great show so far talking to Greg Rosinski of ESPN about the NHL situation. I did want to get your opinion, uh, Carver High, about that real quick. Uh, the situation is like, you know, I'm sitting there listening to him tell me about how they're going to handle the draft and when they're going to have it. and should they have it like the NFL had it? You don't disagree with me that uh, that's not going to go over like the NFL draft on some virtual television show that people are going to be fascinated with. No one gives a rat's ass about the NHL draft on the face of the earth, not even hockey fans. And secondly, I want to get your opinion on there is no way that you can sell me any reason whatsoever why the Detroit Red Wings should not get the number one draft pick. Well, let's start first with uh, with the beginning part there in the draft. Honestly, no, people do not care. Uh, the diehard hockey fan watches it, uh, but you're not pulling in some uh, random audience or the or the fair weather fan to come in and watch the NHL draft because there's nothing else on. Here's the reason why. Why do people watch the beginning of the first round of the NFL draft, Scotty? Because everybody knows who the players are. They watch them in college football. You know who Tua Tagovailoa is. You know who Joe Burrow is. You know who all these guys are. Tell me right now, does anybody know who's going to be the number one pick in the NHL draft? No. And even I'm no. the biggest NHL guy going, and I can't even tell you right now who's going to be the top pick. There's no uh, Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid coming out this year, that's for sure. And as far as the Red Wings, they changed the, the NHL changed a few years ago to be like the NBA. They want to give everybody in the lottery a chance to win that top pick. The Red Wings might get a break this year because if they do do it before the season finishes, it's going to be like the old way where they can only fall to number two and they have, you know, such a high percentage chance of getting that first overall pick. Uh, they're the worst team bar none this year. So if they get it, they have obviously earned it. There's no question. So this kid, uh, Alexis Lafreniere, is the number one draft pick. If I got his name right, pray to God that I did. Some Canadian kid. Yeah, but, uh, he, but God, you haven't heard stuff about him for a year. It's not like for years we heard about Crosby or McDavid or even Tavares and all these guys. You knew the year before that they were going to be the top pick in the draft. Uh, you don't know who this kid is. 
Uh, I actually have heard a lot about him, and, and I'll be honest with you that he has gotten some major, you know, scouting bureau pushed. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, have talked about him being a superstar player, that he's going to be an absolute stud in the NHL. And I just think uh, I haven't seen him play on a you know day-to-day basis. Like, uh, I'll give you this. It's not – I agree with you that it's not the same as, like, Austin Matthews. And I think a little of that might have been to the, uh, you know, fact that he was an American kid. And we had – you know, we're here and we hear of this. And we were on the air in, in Phoenix and Tucson. And so we were hearing a lot about him. Uh, and then uh, this kid from Canada, it's harder for us, obviously – to watch some kid play in Canada every night. Now, the same thing goes with Morency and Cam. They love the Canadian kids. I get that. I uh, I respect that. I appreciate that. I also know that all of Canada could give, you know, two, you know, shacks about Americans. I was going to drop a bomb there. They could give uh, a damn about, you know, the U.S. Uh, they don't respect us to begin with in hockey, and you know that's true. No, listen, I agree with you a thousand percent. Would it be the biggest thing ever in Canada if they did the NHL draft in a couple of weeks from now while there's still nothing else going on? Yeah, it absolutely would. But it would not draw the attention here like the NFL draft. And there's just no way whatsoever. And I think that they will try. I like the trade aspect of it. So I hope that they do push it back because I like the trades draft night. I don't want to see that part taken away. That's for sure. All right, so there you have it. Uh, the NHL draft, will they have it before they have a 24-team tournament, Stanley Cup style? That's what they're talking about. And uh, will the Red Wings get the number one pick in this alleged lottery? They deserve the number one pick. They're so god-awful. Uh, just give them the number one pick. Give them this Alexis LaPerrier kid, uh, and let's see. Uh, where they go from here. They deserve it. Uh, they're the worst team, hands down. So welcome in SB Nation Radio, coast to coast with us. Uh, they join us now. And uh, I want to remind everybody that when we get back in studio doing the shows live, we're doing it live right now from my sick pad here on the west side of Manhattan. But uh, let's face facts. I know the fans want to call in. I know they want to be on the show and call in and get a freshie from the Ferella Pub and, and have their questions heard on the air. We're going to do all that when we get back on the air live at the FanDuel Sportsbook in the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey. We'll take your calls when we're in Friday night on the Studio 34 and go live from Midtown Manhattan over the Garden uh, in the middle of it all. We will take your calls. Until then, just tweet us at Pharrell on Grid and we'll get all your questions on every show on the air if you tweet us. Uh, we'll tell your name and everything else and, and what you ask, and we'll answer your questions. So I think you'll take it. Uh, so welcome back to the SB Nation radio crowd here on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid. So uh, the story coming out of Lawrence, Kansas, is very big in the NCAA with their uh, violations. NCAA calling them egregious and severe. And, of course, uh, the violations are endless. And the interesting thing about it is – I mean, look at this, five level one violations against the men's hoop program. They released a 92-page response after Kansas denied all allegations. I mean, how funny are they? And then Adidas reps, uh, they're going to be considered boosters under NCAA bylaws for the NCAA enforcement staff to allege that the university should be held responsible for these payments is a distortion of the facts and a gross uh, misapplication of NCAA bylaws and case president. And how about this? Your boy, uh, Bill Self, says it's uh, only reinforced his resolve that he still denies anything. I mean, these guys are unbelievable. Patino, Self, 
They, I had no idea we were having stripper parties. I had no idea we had Adidas people paying kids. Coast to coast. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. for all of you back on uh, Coast to Coast on Sports Grid and SB Nation Radio. Stoked to have this next guy on the show today. And I'm friends with uh, the guy that writes this show. And I've uh, been around him forever in New York City. And I've been on some of his documentaries. He did some great work. Uh, Brian Koppelman wrote Billions. And Brian put me on his um, 30 for 30 on Jimmy Connors, give them what they want or whatever it was called. I did that special with him. He's just a magnificent guy that uh, writes great shows. This billion show has just blown up and everyone loves it. I've watched the show every single episode for its entire run. Dan Soder is a great comedian. He's also on this show and we're bringing him on coast to coast. Dan, how you holding up, buddy? Uh, you've done a great job on that show, dude. I got to tell you, I think you're really funny. I was watching the first episode uh, the other night, and uh, your line was so great on that first episode, I can't even say it on this show because we're live on television, so I'll get fired. Your line was awesome. Uh, you did a great job cussing on the first episode. I loved it. Hey, whenever they can let me, whenever they can let me get a good cuss in, I'm always happy, especially in the season premiere. But that was, uh, as a wrestling fan, that was a real moment where they let me kind of go nuts. They've let me talk wrestling a couple times on Billions, and that was because of Becky Lynch. One of the moments where they were like, "Let it go, dude." Right. So when uh, she came uh, running into the set, I'm sitting there watching it, just like everyone else, right? And she came in, 
And like, what's interesting is because I've known Brian for so long, I'm always trying to figure out, right, you know, like the writing and what he's doing and what's going on yeah. in the scenes and in, and in the minds of the characters and the roles they're playing. And I'm always trying to figure out what's happening. So when she came to the desk at Axe Capital and I'm sitting there with my wife, Smoke Show 34C and her mother and my kids and we're watching and I said, uh, the first thing I said was, there's going to be a fight. This is fake. There's going to be a fight here. Uh, and and Wendy's going to get in a fight with this chick. I go, because that chick is a wrestler. And sure enough, yeah. it was Becky Lynch. How cool was it that she was on the first episode? You guys have had tons of great uh, characters on the show. I think the characters that, that you guys bring into this show and the music, because Koppelman loves his rock and roll. I think the music on yeah. the show and the guest guest shots are just fantastic yeah they uh they do an awesome job with the music it's it's easily one of those shows where when you read the script and they have the song in the script you're like how are you gonna get that song you know any other show you'd be like you have to pay so much money for that and then you see the show and you're like oh they got they got the song that's pretty crazy <laughs> but yeah they always pick awesome music and then koppelman interviewed he had becky lynch on his podcast the moment and he told me he's like you know we're gonna write her uh, scene in the in the show in season five and i was like just please make sure it's at involving me or if i had an axe capital or whatever he's like don't worry you know it'll be you'll be around and so when i read the script and i saw that it was becky lynch that comes in and fights wendy i went nuts and then the day of the there's been two people that have made me um behave kind of like a fanboy and it was deontay wilder and becky lynch right we're like the two people and steve amiotich like people right. that when, when they're on set, I was just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. You were in the corner. I, you had Stipe in your corner when yeah. you fought your boy in the, the boxing match that you had. And then Wilder was in uh, the other corner. So I know both those guys. They've both been on my show multiple times. Uh, I've met them both uh, in purpose in Vegas for fights. I've seen them both and they've done the show. They're really cool dudes. But what's cool for you is, is that you like fighting. You're a fight yeah. man in general. So that must have been badass for you to get to work with them in your career as an, as an actor. I want to get into your uh, comedy because I think your, you know, your comedy and your radio show is what I think you're really good at. And obviously the acting nice. is kind of, it's kind of spawned off of that. But did you, uh, as a fight fan, you said you freaked out when you got to meet him. What was it yeah. like for you to meet him and work with him and actually uh, apply your trade with him? I mean, you can ask Koppelman. They all made fun of me because I, I didn't, the only, you know, outside of the fight, uh, the training montage, we kind of filmed uh, different scenes in the same area. So I, when I was filming with Tim Ferriss and Stipe, right before me, uh, Kelly O'Coin had filmed with Deontay Wilder, and uh, I believe Damian Lewis was in one of the scenes with them. So they were in the same place just filming before us. So I came early to meet Deontay Wilder and, you know, Koppelman, you know, he loves the, he loves the bus balls. And he saw me like how excited I was to be like, Hey, nice to meet you champ or whatever. And he was like, I've never seen you. You're acting like a child. And I was like, yeah, it's the bronze bomber. This guy's unbelievable. Right. He's got, you know, one of the biggest right hooks ever in boxing. And He's Steve a great was guy. a guy. Yeah, Stipe was a guy where I didn't know, you know, I knew Stipe, I knew how awesome of a UFC fighter he was, but I didn't really know him as a guy because he doesn't really put himself, himself out there. And so spending time with him on set, I was like, man, there's certain people you meet where they always say don't meet your heroes. And then there's another group of people where you should meet them so you like their stuff better. 
And Stipe is like one of those people where you meet him and you're like, I want you to win every fight. You're the greatest of all. He was the greatest guy in the world. And as we filmed, you spend like 16 hours together. I started asking questions that I wanted to know as a fight fan. I was like, why haven't you got a shot at Cormier again? Why haven't you got a rematch yet? Because this was before his rematch with Cormier. And he was like, "I I don't talk a lot of trash. He's like, you know, this is a humble guy. This is a firefighter in Cleveland. Right. And he's like, I don't talk. I don't talk a lot of trash. And I was like, you're one of the most lethal guys in the history of the heavyweight division in UFC. And he's like, I know, I know. It, it was just nuts. It was, it was really but cool he, to he, have that experience. But then he beat his ass. He, he beat his ass. And now, yeah, now Dana's giving him the business that he hasn't uh, lined up the third fight with him. And uh, I and Stipe said, look, I'm ready to fight him. Let's go whenever. And he said, I can't. Uh, I'm not the reason for a pandemic. I'm over here on the front lines battling and being a first responder as usual. I think that's more important than fighting DC right now. And I know DC's doing this fight tomorrow night in Jacksonville. He's doing the broadcast. So uh, I think it'll all come to fruition. I have to say one thing about uh, Deontay, though. I mean, he's like the nicest guy ever for a guy that throws bombs, a bomb squad style, and will like Tyson bombs. Uh, whenever I hung out with the guy, he was nothing but laughing and joking and having fun and talking about his bling and talking about my guns and his guns and comparing our muscles. And I mean, I'm, I could be uh, twice, I could be his father. I'm twice his age, but he's just, the guy's super cool. Yeah. It's, that's always cool when you see someone that's as badass as any of those guys are. And if they're nice, you're like, you have no reason to be nice. You could just walk around. This is like old. This is like old Viking behavior. You could just take whatever you want. And the fact that they're just like, "Nice to meet you." Like, Dude, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's, you know, when you meet people like that, you're like, "That's why I'm not tough," because the the, the patience and the grace that those guys have. I would just, if I knew I was that tough, I, I would just be a, a huge ass. I feel like. What? I went to see him lose to, uh, I went to both fights. I saw him, uh, Ty Fury in, in LA at Staples. And then yeah. I was at the, I was at the uh, Grand Garden Arena when they uh, fought and Fury beat his ass. Uh, and we're going to get into a lot more. We got two minutes here before we, uh, do an update. I wanted to say to you though, uh, you know, I've been on these sets, right? I've done movies. I've done two movies. I did one with David Mamet and I did a, a another movie with a guy that uh, wrote the wrestler and, uh, um, yeah. It was really cool, but the 16-hour days, bro, you're not kidding. Like, shooting these all-day shoots where you're there literally almost 24 hours and you're just freaking out if they didn't have that craft food truck. Respectfully, I got 90 seconds. I mean, that's enough to drive you nuts. I was on those sets. I wanted to kill myself. No way, man. Uh, Being a stand-up comedian uh, and the way we get treated like zoo animals, you get to a nice (laughs) set like Billions and you're like, "This (laughs) this is the tops. This is unbelievable. I've been told to sit in an office and wait for a show to start. You know what I mean? And I'm lucky if I get chicken fingers. So wait. Uh, so uh, you like it, and then you're there shooting all day with all these actors. I have to tell you uh, that I just thought it was fantastic that, like, at the beginning of that show, they actually let, it would appear to me, uh, Damian Lewis and his boy, they were they were doing peyote or smoking it, or they were swimming. Yeah, I think they're doing, they're doing ayahuasca. I mean, that was just awesome. Like, everyone's yeah. tripping. That his eyes, Lewis's eyes, he literally looked. I mean, it was great acting because he looked like he was tripping. When we come back, yeah. we're going to talk to Dan uh, Soder about his, uh, you know him as Mafi on uh, Billions. We're going to um, talk to him about his comedy, his career, 
growing up in Rado, being a Nugget fan, being a Niner fan, being a sports fan, and doing his comedy show. We'll get into all that coming up on Coast to Coast. All right, thanks. Scotty Carver High here with a Sports Grid update. NFL schedule released last night. Eight teams have the max five time, five primetime games scheduled. Dallas, Tampa, New England, Kansas City, the Rams, Green Bay, San Francisco, and Baltimore. Ravens and Steelers will play Thanksgiving night. Saints and Vikings will play Christmas Day at 4.30 p.m. ESPN reports the NFL does have contingency plans and the ability to move back to Super Bowl in Tampa if the start of the regular season is disrupted at all due to the coronavirus pandemic. Colts quarterback Phillip Rivers already has a new career set up for after his playing day, Scotty. He has been named the head coach at St. Michael Catholic High School in Alabama. He won't take over the job till after he retires from the NFL. Rivers was an all-state quarterback in Bama playing for his father. 38-year-old Rivers wants to coach his sons and more youths down the road. Former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco does not have a team right now after being released by the Denver Broncos. He suffered a herniated disc back in November. And it could be a while if if and when he has another team. Frank Flacco had neck surgery last month and won't be ready till at least early September to start football activities. Jacksonville Jaguars have another quarterback in the mix with Gardner Minshew. Mike Glennon heads to Jacksonville on a one-year deal to compete for the backup job there. UFC 249 tomorrow night, also in Jacksonville. Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaffey in the main event. Interim lightweight title fight. Both made weight today. They check in at 155 pounds. They're good to go. Dana White says that it's guaranteed, Scotty, guaranteed to be a must-watch fight tomorrow. Big card for ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Reports say that barring an NBA title, Mike D'Antoni will not be back as the head coach of the Houston Rockets next season, and that former Rockets and Knicks coach Jeff Van Gundy is a leading candidate to replace him with the team wanting to focus more on defense. D'Antoni is 213-97 as the Rockets head coach. little NASCAR news for you today, Scotty. They announced today where the extra races for Darlington and Charlotte we're coming from after revealing a revised schedule. The revised schedule shifts races that were supposed to take place at Chicagoland, Richmond, and Sonoma. NASCAR will restart their season at Darlington on May 17th, the 19th, and the 20th, before then having four races in Charlotte from the 24th to the 27th. Capitals terminate the contract of forward Brandon Leipzig following what the NHL called his misogynistic and reprehensible comments about current teammates, their wives, and pregnant women. He had signed a one-year deal with the Capitals before this past season. I'm Carver High with a Sports Grid update. Want the edge? Get on the grid. Yeah. And uh, SB Nation's back with us, coast to coast on the radio side. Good to have you with us on a pay-free Friday on Sports Grid. I had to tell you, nothing quite like uh, making fun of those pregnant chicks and thinking you're funny, and then uh, talking bad about all the other players around the league's wives and talking 
sex and dirty things and thinking nobody knew. And then a day later you lose your gig and you're surprised. I doubt it. That was crazy. I don't know what was crazier, that story this week or the story of Earl Thomas's wife rolling in on him and his brother making love to a bunch of chicks in a bed allegedly. And she rocks in with a nine clock with no clip in it, but a bullet in the chamber. Imagine if she would have blew his head off. Uh, I wonder if she would have got the money then. We're talking to Dan Soder. You know him from Billions on Showtime, the hit show. But I got to tell you, uh, Dan, uh, that seriously, like your comedy uh, and your show on satellite radio. Now, I was on the Howard Stern channels for seven years. I did the uh, show on Howard 101 at night for Howard, yeah, and I, I loved my, it. My friend, uh, my friend Troy Fingold used to work at Sirius back in like 07, and uh, I right. was at K-Rock. I was at 92.3 WXRK, and I used to like walk with him. He would walk to Sirius, and I would walk over to 57th and 6th, but he would go and uh, board off your show, so I remember that. Yeah, man. How about that? That's crazy. Uh, because yeah. how did you how did you end up getting the gig? And then, like, tell me about it, because I know it's on the Comedy Channel and you're doing it uh, with Big Jay Ogerson and you've been doing it for five years. And I think it's, yeah. you know, four days a week at like 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, Mavi and I were checking it out. It really is funny. You're demented, dude. I think your comedy <laughs> uh, is I think it's like, bro, like I, your acting is really cool. Your role on Billions is fantastic. You're a badass. There's no denying it. That's why I wanted you on this show. But your comedy specials, like on HBO, Netflix, I mean, I think, you know, some of that stuff uh, is just fantastic. I think the um, the show uh, that you're doing on satellite radio is unbelievable. And uh, I think that's kind of uh, even better. Like, I just love it. So uh, tell me about the radio show, because I think it's badass. Oh, dude, yeah, man. I mean, the fact that they even gave Jay and I that job shows you how little research they did on Comedy Central's part. <laughs> but that was that was the thing where, you know, I worked in radio from the time I was 19. I used to work at, like, a uh, rock station. I worked at a rock station in, uh, like, an alt, you know, alt rock, the old classic. Right. Um, I worked at an active rock station in Tucson, and I was a stand-up, and then I knew I had to move to L.A. or New York, and New York comedy was always my favorite, and I wanted to be a New York comedian. So I moved to New York and kind of gave up radio and then fell ass backwards in this job doing overnights at K-Rock. And then I got fired in 09 because they switched us to, like, a top 40 station, and I was like, I, I was still doing stand-up, but I was like, all right, well, that's it for me and radio. And then out of nowhere... Big J and I were like, hey, let's do a podcast together. And we did like 10 episodes of a podcast back in like 2014. And I told someone at Comedy Central, I was like, yeah, you know, Jay and I are doing a podcast. We were at a Dave Attell taping. And the guy from Comedy Central was like, you know, we have a Sirius XM channel starting up. Or we have one and we were like looking for an original show. And I was like, oh, man. And uh, Jay's manager, Dave Kimowitz, uh, the late, great Dave Kimowitz, cut together a 10, like uh, an hour episode from all the 10 hours that we had and gave it to comedy central right. and comedy central was like we'll give you a six-week run and we did six weeks and then they were like how about you guys do a show two days a week and then that bumped up to four days a week and it's been about five years now so it's been it's been pretty crazy but you know working in radio it's just fun it's just like a fun thing to show up and talk right. about the things that i would want to talk about off the air anyways but with one of the funniest people of all time and, and big jay okerson so it's it's a fun show where whenever we do it, it's just kind of like, man, especially during the quarantine, we've been able to do it. And that's been right. so great just because stand-up's dead, you know, until they until the until further notice. We're going to be the last thing to come back. It's going to be like monster truck rallies, then us. 
Right. <laughs> I've been putting a lot of uh, comedians on my show here. Uh, we do, uh, I do this weekender show that we, you know, during the Pharrell-demic virus, uh, we were taping all these shows. So I did an extra show every week. And it was usually I'd have comedians on because I like to run it on Saturdays and Sundays back to back. I had Florentine yeah. on, Shuli from Howard's uh, channel. Yeah, yeah, I love and, those guys. I know, love Shuli and I had Gino Biscani on and now we yeah. got you on. I have to, I have to ask you, uh, you know, they really, and no offense to anybody there, but I thought they just butchered K-Rod. What a great station. And then to see oh, the end of it, the way they ruined that yeah. station. Nice job by those morons. How do you Scott, ruin a station that I've been good? waiting since 2009 to talk about this. CBS, you <laughs> idiots. You had the, you had all alternative and active rock. You had that market in the bag in New York City, and you blew it. By trying to do top 40 with some dorks from Tampa running your station, and then you ran it into the ground, and then you want to turn around and try to come back to alternative music? You know what? No, I'm good. I, it, it made me sick about radio. I was like, you guys are idiots. You have no clue what you're doing. I watched so many good people lose their jobs because right. CBS just didn't know what the hell they were doing. We were in the right. Howard Stern studio. We were in that old Howard Stern studio at 40 West 57th Street. And I remember when right. it got taken over by top, by top 40 guys, it was like your mom's new boyfriend coming in and putting on your dad's <laughs> underpants. You're like, stay out of this. Stay out of this. You're not supposed to be here. It's all these, it's it, was, it was like top, it was all these top 40 dorks that were just like, hey, you know, it's a great song. Is that what you got out of Britney Spears? I remember I had long hair. You'll love this, Scott, because you've worked in radio for a long time. But I had like really long hair and I would wear like a beanie, you know, and I brought, I, I smoked a joint. I was board hopping at this right. point. Because they they flipped right. us, so I just needed money, and they would pay me <laughs> on air shifts to board op. So I was right. like, I'll come in and I'll board op. So I come in and I have a I have a foot long subway sandwich. I smoke a joint downstairs out front of um, <laughs> no Nobu or whatever that fancy restaurant right, is. Right, I, rip right, a, right. I rip a joint. I go upstairs. Yeah, I'm eating my sandwich. I put South Park on the TVs in the Stern studio. I pump that sound through the board, so that's coming out of the main speakers in the studio and the music director from the top 40 walks in and he's like hey what are you doing we're not gonna have like, this yeah i was just eating a sandwich and i go oh i'm watching south park and he's like he's like you got to be playing you're supposed to be playing britney spears right now and i check the i check the gauge and i'm like yeah the levels are cool we're all right songs playing i'm fine and he was like and then a week later they were like you you're not allowed to get any shifts this was you know that was nice we gave you two extra weeks of shifts and i was like all right whatever man yeah they ruined everything uh, they they ruined everything i used to work there and uh, they were right above me in the building and uh they ruined everything and that's what they do they ruin everything and they ruin that like i know you've done uh it's embarrassing what they did to it uh, so let me ask yeah. you i know you've done a lot of uh comedy about um you know the k-funk swiss cheese that chronic diesel that cushy cush <laughs> that fluffy pillow i know you love i know you love the funk and you talk a yeah. lot about it uh that's i think that's also fantastic because i have been very liberal on the air on the radio and television about it as well i think that uh, all 50 states should have sports betting and weed how do you like them apples i love them i think that's exactly it man watching I originally grew up in Aurora, Colorado, right. watching weed, weed go recreational there and watch all the money come in. There was a McDonald's down the street from my mom's house that was like dilapidated, just done. It was I think they I think they shut they they shuttered that thing in like 1995. 
and just let it stay that way. And then I, it was just kind of this McDonald's that was by the highway. And you're like, oh, yeah, the, McDon- right. the old McDonald's. And then uh, weed goes legal in 2014. By 2015, that old McDonald's looks like a spaceship landed on the McDonald's and just swallowed. It's like they put a new coat of paint on it. It's a dispensary now. And, you, and it's weird because you walk in and the play place is the lobby. And you're like, dude, I, 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 I went to birthday parties here when I was like seven. And now it's like, now it's like people are now you're getting your, now you're getting your gummy bears, your uh, CBD oil, and your yeah. and your two and a half ounces a month of weed that you're allowed. That's what they do here in New Jersey. If you're dying, they'll let you have two and a half ounces. I got two minutes respectfully. Tell me about your love affair with the Niners and uh, Nuggets before I get out of here. Niners are, you know, with sports fandom, it's either passed down or you pick it. Uh, 49ers was passed down. My dad's from the Bay Area. So from the time I was born, it was just, you know, red and gold. It was just scarlet and gold right. as long as I can remember. 49ers, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. Yeah, it's just like, you know, and by the way, might I say happy birthday to Ronnie Lott. It's my favorite 49ers right. birthday today. So happy That's birthday right, to the greatest, in my mind, the greatest safety ever to play in the NFL. Ronnie Lott, greatest 49er of all time. But then he did my, my dad, show at Howard one night. He came and did my show, and then he threw me around the room with his uh, half of his pinky missing. He's awesome. Yeah, dude, on the left hand, just get it gone. Right. But then my uh, my my love affair with the Nuggets was my whole family. You know, my dad loved all the Bay Area sports teams, so I loved the San Francisco Giants. Obviously, the 49ers are my favorite football team of all time. And then the Warriors, I was kind of like, eh, about. This was back in the run TMC right. days, and I was like. I was there when that happened. I was there when the run TMC days were were happening. Uh, I think he froze a little like a margarita. Is he back? All right. All right. So it's good. Listen, uh, I want to just say uh, he was talking about his love affair of the Nuggets and and the Warriors didn't do it for him. I was there when the run TMC days in 94. I was there when Bonds was there and it was crazy. Uh, Dan, it, if you can hear me, I love you. Great job. It's awesome meeting you on the uh, Coast to Coast show today. You're fantastic comedy. Uh, check him out on SiriusXM, and uh, we'll get him back on the show again. He's killer. Great job on Billions, Dan. I love you, and uh, keep killing it on SiriusXM. I got to run, but thanks for coming on the show today. You're a badass. Thanks, dude. I appreciate you having me on, Scott. Have a good one. And we'll get you back on the show for sure. You're awesome, dude. Keep killing it on Billions and uh, your radio shows kick ass. So uh, we'll get you back on real soon. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks, good. Sounds good, man. Right. Take care. My man, Dan Soder. Uh, check him out on Billions on Showtime. What a funny dude. I was just uh, having a blast talking to him. That was fantastic. Uh, I know we got a lot going on when we come back as well. We'll talk about UFC 249. We'll get Mafia's picks. There's a lot of violence here on a Friday on Coast to Coast. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell, back with you on Coast to Coast. Just so you know, people be like, what happened to him? What, I, he was there and then he wasn't there. It's technology, folks. Uh, haven't you noticed yet that all of the networks are doing shows? People are in their homes. I'm in my home. Mavia, Carver High in their homes. Joe's in his home. Dan Soder's in his home. Uh, everyone on CNN, Fox, ESPN, they're all doing shows. Good Morning America, they're all in their homes and using you know, Zoom and Skype and you name it, Cisco, they're all over the place, right? So these things happen. The connections are bad. Uh, here's another news flash for you. Uh, my lights were flickering during this show. I thought the power was going to go out. We had a little situation developing over here. Carver, I wanted to ask you one question real quick, because I know how much you love Bill Self. Earlier in the show, we were talking about <laughs> Kansas's egregious and severe violations and their involvement allegedly with Adidas and some dirty peddlers of tennis shoes and money. And I know that Bill Self has denied everything. And he's got his goal of winning another national championship at the forefront of his life. And he doesn't care about anything else. He just wants to play ball and win titles. And he doesn't uh, get involved in any shenanigans in Lawrence, Kansas. What do you think of your favorite coach, Bill Self? Yeah, I mean, you say win titles. He's only won one of those in 17 years at Kansas. I, I get it. You should have had a lot more, right? All those 30-win seasons, most of them go up in smoke when he gets upset by, you know, Bucknell or Northern Iowa in the tournament all the time. But, uh, I mean, look, I, I hope they nail this guy. I, I really do. I hope they nail him. I think that he's one of the, you know, I know it's allegedly – I'm sure he allegedly, whatever, uh, I think he's one of just, you look at the guy and you could just tell he could be a used car salesman. Uh, that's just my thing with, with him. You could just, you could just see something's not right with the guy. And, and I know he won one title that was handed to him by Memphis when they couldn't hit a free throw at the end of the game, three final fours in 17 years. But I, I, I'm not taking again. Guy wins 25, 30 games every year, but he never wins the big one when he gets there. But uh, I hope they nail him because I think that he's just, uh, you know what I think of him. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I think you called him. Can a you tell? Can you tell it? Can you tell it? Can you tell I've lost a lot of bets on Bill Self in the last twenty years, Scotty? Can you tell that? Yeah. I, well, there you have it. <laughs> These things happen. All right, uh, Carver High. Uh, I want to switch over to UFC with Mafia, and I did want to say one thing first of all, uh, Mafia. Before I get into two forty nine in the fights, I was seeing your boy because we were talking to Dan Soder about 
uh, Stipe and fighting Cormier. And I'm sitting here watching Cormier as we speak off on the distance in my room. And I got to tell you, your boy looks like he ate half of wherever he lives. He looks like he packed on about 50 pounds. His legs are the size of a Volkswagen. I mean, he looks as fat as I've ever seen him. What happened to that guy? I mean, turn on your TV. You'll see how fat he is. I'm not real nice. I call a spade a spade. You're a fat ass, okay? Cormier was supposed to be long since retired at this point. They're still trying to have him hang around and still fight. But, I mean, this guy was supposed to be done. And he's never been a guy that's been in, you know, the, the peak shape. He's not one of these guys that's chiseled and cuts down weight. And you're like, wow, man, that guy's a physical specimen. He's a wrestler that comes in there and, like, throws it to the ground. He's always been a little pudgy here and there. But it works for him. So, pudgy. you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Pudgy. If he's pudgy, I want to see what fat looks like. Uh, UFC 249 in Jacksonville tomorrow night, Mafia. And I got to tell you, I, I just want to know right now, uh, you know, Ferguson is favored. I think it's like minus a buck 65 or something like that. And uh, he's favored. Both of these guys are Sid Vicious. I mean, uh, I think Ferguson's won his last 12 fights. Your boy Gatchy's 21 and two or something like that. It's crazy. He or Ferguson minus 190, Gatchy's plus 160. And then uh, let's just stick to that fight to start with. So uh, I had the numbers wrong. I thought Ferguson was at like minus 160, uh, but it was Gatchy getting 160. Uh, who do you like in this fight? Because uh, I think it's really hard to bet. I'm on Ferguson. I think he's unbelievable, but I respect Gatchy. He's a tough mother Pharreller. He's a tough guy. He's coming in their game. He's ready to fight. You know, he even said that he wants Ferguson to break his nose because he's had something wrong, like a deviated septum or something, and he doesn't want to take the time off or have to pay for it himself. So if Ferguson breaks his nose, he gets the time off to fix it, and the UFC pays for it. But, I mean, he's a great fighter. He's a guy that will come in there and throw bombs. I think Ferguson's just a little more technical, a little more you know, reserved, where he's going to pick his shots and not go wild like Gatchy has a tendency to do. And I think Ferguson's going to come out on top of this one. So uh, let me go back to... Uh, those uh, numbers again, and I want to I want to see Cejudo and Cruz. I loved watching Cejudo come out at the weigh-in mafia with those pillows of Dominic Cruz's face and kick him all over the stage. I thought that was uh, nice. I always like when guys uh, grab belts and throw them off the stage, or uh, you know, kick a pillow or cause the scene. Because I know that Dana loves the weigh-ins, but I think weigh-ins in the UFC and in boxing are the biggest waste of time and flesh on the face of the earth. Every Friday before the big event, they have these weigh-ins and they draw fans in free to the MGM or wherever they're having these events. And all these suckers come and watch guys get on a scale. Christ, if I want to do that, I can do that in my other room. I'll go stand on the scale right now and get disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest waste of time, especially when you have fans there. Like, it actually matters. They put on this big show for what we already know that they already weighed in. We already know if they made it or not. Now that they put the weigh-ins in the morning. It's just stupid and a waste of time. We don't even go to them when we go to these fights. It's just a bunch of drama you don't need. But as far as that fight goes, I'm going with Cejudo because as good as Dominic Cruz was, you know, we talked about it yesterday. The guys in fought since December, 2016, he's only fought four times since the fall of 2011. So in the last nine years, he's only fought four times. And now he's coming in in this freak situation where he can't really train with anybody or get ready to go. I'm going with Cejudo. I mean, this guy beat, Demetrius Johnson, who was unbeatable. He beat TJ Dillashaw. I think he's going to take out Cruz. Uh, look at Mafia's picks here. Uh, Naganu, Hardy, that's your boy from uh, the NFL. Greg Hardy, minus 205 against uh, uh, Jorgen DeCastro. He's taking Hardy there. In the prelims, you're going with uh, Showtime Pettis, uh, Fabricio Verdum uh, against Olenek. 
And then uh, Watterson, that's that chick. I, I remember her, Michelle Watterson. Karate hottie. Tough. Yeah, the karate hottie. And then um, uh, Ronaldo Souza. Uh, that should be interesting against Uriah Hall. A lot of people, these are the FanDuel, um, you know, odds and everything uh, from the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, so tell me about your picks here. Uh, I like them. Uh, they're strong. People should run to the window with your picks. I know you're really good at betting on the UFC. Well, you know what? There's not much to bet on, so we got to give people a lot of options, try to make some money here. There's some, you know, a lot of them are the favorites, I know. There's some live dogs there. You know, Jeremy Stevens is a tough guy. He's always game. Uh, DeCastro against Hardy is a possibility. But, you know, looking at those fights, Stevens came in heavy. I don't like that, especially coming in this situation. And he's 0-3-1 in his last four. Uh, you know, Qatar is just a little more well-rounded and doing better right now. 4-2 since he joined the UFC. Hardy, that's always questionable, you know, because you want to take the guy as a joke for joining in here. But he's actually done pretty well. And he had the DQ early. He had the stupid no contest because he took his inhaler in between rounds. But since that DQ, he's actually fought pretty smart. He's got a big reach advantage and a big height advantage against his guy who's unbeaten and is a big tough guy like him. But, you know, trying to get in that range is going to be tough for him. I think Hardy's going to keep him at bay and use his power to knock him out, you know, later in the fight. Uh, you're looking at the the, the Pettis-Cerrone fight. They fought before Pettis won that one. And that was when Cerrone was at the top of his game. Neither of these guys has, are as good as they used to be. But right now, Cerrone's just getting knocked out three fights in a row. Pettis isn't doing that. He's not fighting great, but he's fighting just a little bit better. I can't trust Cowboy's chin right now the way he's been going lately. And he looked terrible against Connor in that fight. Like, you don't even know what, you know, there's a different guy than we've ever seen walking to the cage, how easily he got beaten. And then looking at some of these other ones, uh, Verdum coming back against Olenek. Olenek, both these guys are 42 years old. Olenek is, uh, you know, they call him the boa constrictor because he's just one of these guys that likes to drag you down and try to submit you. And that's not working against Verdum. Verdum has never been submitted. I mean, this is the guy who submitted Fedor. So you think you're going to get him on the ground and choke him out? It's not happening. And then you look at the uh, the chick fight with Waterson versus Esparza. Esparza was the first strawway champ. She's awesome as a wrestler. But if you have good takedown defense, which Waterson has a pretty good takedown defense, then she kind of is in deep water herself. So I think Waterson stuffs some takedowns, makes it work, and then you know knocks her up a little bit later in the fight. And then uh, Uriah Hall for Souza, for Jacare. Souza, uh, Uriah Hall is awesome. You know, he's fun to watch. He makes those crazy strikes. You know, he broke onto the scene in uh, the Ultimate Fighter when he did that spinning back kick that knocked the guy out. But if it gets into a guy that likes to go to the ground, his defense isn't right. that good. And Jacare drags everybody down. It doesn't matter who you are or how old he is. They call him the alligator because he just grabs you and drags you to the ground and eventually he gets you out, and he's going to do that again. It'll be interesting to see how many people buy the pay-per-view. You think they'll have huge numbers? I bet they will. People are craving uh, sports and, and good fights. This is a great fight card. Both the uh, main event and the and the prelims are fantastic. Yeah, it's loaded with names. You know, even the early prelims have names. You know, people who have watched a lot of fights know these guys like Vicente Luque, things like that. I think it'll do good numbers. I think it would do much better numbers if they had made it a little cheaper and if they maybe put it earlier because, you know, all these fights go too late. It's not like ESPN has anything else running or there's anything else they're competing with. Why not throw in the middle of the afternoon when everyone's sitting around and they're wide awake? They could buy it for 50 bucks instead of 70. You could have made a killing off this, but they keep it at 10. They keep it high priced. They'll make money off it, but I think they could have made a lot more if they just gave a little here and there. Hey, Carver, hi. I know you love that uh, 1215, 1 a.m. start to the main event. Uh, nothing like dragging us till 2 in the morning like we're leaving a bar in midtown Manhattan. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, what are we doing here? Like, can we just start the fights a little bit earlier? Like, like even if even if you want to get involved, like, let's say you're somebody who, uh, you know, there's been no sports right now, right? And you're looking to get involved. You're looking to get, you know, put a little action down on something. Oh, look, the UFC's got a card. Let me get involved here. I mean, you're going to fall asleep by the time the by the time these guys Ferguson get out there at the end of the night. I mean, it's 1245, 1 in the morning. Like, let's go. There's been 70 fights. Let's just get to the main event here. Like Mafia said, just start it a little bit earlier. Like, get get us in there a little bit earlier. And maybe how about the main event at uh, 10.30? You know, how about we, can, why can't we do that? So get a little bit earlier yeah. just for somebody. Especially after Carver Hodge had a 12-pack of Bud Lights. He wants to take uh, a nap. Uh, what do you think of no spinning in baseball, Carver High? Can you imagine? Well, look, there's going to be a lot of things. They're going to tell you that no more the spitting, the high fives. Uh, things like that are going to be, uh, you know, I'm not going to say outlawed, uh, but they're going to try to limit those things going on on the field whenever they get back onto it. So uh, A-Rod and J-Lo, the hot couple, have backed out of buying the Mets. What a shame. I really wanted them to buy the Mets so badly. I wanted to see all the Mets fans have to like Alex Rodriguez. They all can't stand him. Uh, It's a shame, Scotty, that they're not going to buy the Mets. So uh, Dallas Braden said that he uh, threw his perfect game with a stinging hangover. I love when guys admit that they were whacked. Then they go out and have a big game. Do you believe it? I mean, honestly, he's he's not the first and he won't be the last. I mean, David Wells has the classic story of the perfect game in 98. You've got guys who tell tales of things in the 60s and 70s. Uh, good for you, Dallas. Way to go. Uh, so, uh, Michael Jordan, they're going to talk about his baseball career this weekend on Last Dance. Here's the deal. Michael Jordan sucked as a baseball player. I mean, he, he may have been the worst <laughs> baseball player ever. How's that sound? What a, worst waste, what a waste of time. <laughs> it really was. I remember it so well. The Birmingham Barons, right? Isn't that who he played for? I can't uh, wait to watch him strike out a couple of times. I mean, Hopefully that's a short, short chapter on Sunday night. Why did he strike out 144 times? He was uh, embarrassing. He was, he was and, worse than Tebow. He was, and then they, he was worse I mean, than Tebow. Tebow did way better than him. I, I think they're actually going to show it, and it's going to bore people to death. No one cares about Michael Jordan playing baseball. I can tell you that much. Uh, Formula One, their revenues have dropped 84%. That's crazy. Uh, one other uh, note, Roy Holiday's widow discusses his drug use on a trailer for that documentary. That's going to be interesting. Uh, everybody knows that when he was flying that plane, he was lit on opioids, allegedly. And then the other thing is uh, Bryce Harper says, no, uh, major leaguers in the Olympics is dumb. Uh, you'll have that. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, my favorite little thing, this day in sports. I had some great ones yesterday. I mean, honest to God, with that go for gin reference. Now we're going to uh, come back and give you some that will blow your mind. Uh, On this day in sports, some historical moments in sports that I love. I always try to find some good ones for you, and I think I've accomplished that. You're watching Coast to Coast with Mafia and Carver High on Sports Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast. I just wanted to say uh, we're lucky we got this show in today. Everything's going south on us. My phone doesn't work. The power went out. Wi-Fi. Uh, there's hookers running by my house. There's fires. I have no idea what's going on. I do know that uh, I'm very excited if we get to the end of this. Uh, I'm betting that we will finish. So here's the deal. Uh, this day in sports. Now, uh, can I get this right? I think the Knicks... Uh, this was the day Willis Reed walked on the floor in 1970 and hit a couple of buckets with his broken leg. And the Knicks won their first NBA title by beating the Lakers in the finals. That was uh, a beautiful moment. And then I think, what was it? Uh, I think in uh, 73, maybe uh, I could be wrong, but I believe it was uh, Willie Stargell pops of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He hits the ball out of Dodger Stadium at Chavez Ravine. No other players hit a fair ball out of the stadium. Willie Stargell did it twice. He hit it out of the ballpark, not once, but twice. That's when you know you're a badass, when you do it twice, and no one else in the history of the game has ever done it. In 1988, Mike Tyson crashed his 180-grand-plus Bentley on Varick Street in New York City where Carver High, Mafia, and I used to work every single day right at the corner of Houston and Varick. They've also had all kinds of terrorist plots over there on that street. I don't know what it is about Varick. I'm not getting on a subway there. And in 2009, how about Randy Johnson strikes out 20 Reds in Arizona joining Clemens and Kerry Wood to doing it. And then I think in 2018, the Big Maple became the second Canadian ever to throw uh, the no-no when he uh, threw the no-no against the Blue Jays in Toronto. How about a guy from Canada throwing a no-no in Canada against the Blue Jays? That's even better. Great job, Carver High, Mafia, Joe Ranieri. I'm Pharrell. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the kick-ass programming on SportsGrid. So long. Shake it up. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.